You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Tuesday edition. We're going to dip a little bit into the mailbag. Croc's been traveling around uh, to New York, to Philadelphia, now finally back home. And, and Crocky, you have now recorded the first episode of the relaunched Locked On NFL Draft podcast, right? And we can find that in our feeds Monday night, Tuesday morning, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. First episode with my guy, Ryan Tracy. Uh, definitely will be fun and, and, you know, obviously building up that, that cohesiveness with each other, the cohesiveness that you and I have built up over the last few months. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was, it was good to get that first one out of the way. Yeah, it's cool. I'm looking forward to it. Locked on NFL draft starring Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. It's the relaunched locked on NFL draft. You can find it everywhere. You find your podcast, including YouTube. You guys are videotaping this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, video, YouTube, locked on uh, NFL draft. Are you done traveling, Croc? You've been to like nine states in the last two months. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> any more Niners games you're going so. to? Are you going to any more Niners games uh, anytime soon? I might I might go to 49ers against the Bears. Might go to that. That would we'll be see. a good one. If Trey, Lance, if Trey Lance is playing by then and he's like starting, Zero and snaps. especially if Justin Fields is still playing at that time. I- I'll go yeah. see those two. If it's not them, I ain't going. Did you watch much of Justin Fields after he played that full that whole second half after Andy Dalton got hurt? Did you watch any of that this no, week? No, I, I box now. score scouted. Yeah. I, I box saw score the was bad. Box score is bad. Interception was bad. He threw some dimes, a couple that were dropped. Like it's When you watch him play, there's a couple of plays like, come on, dude, can't do that. Rookie mistakes, play through those, he's going to be good. And... um the, uh, Andy Dalton's not going to get his job back, especially if it's like a couple of full weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't, you know, it's going to be it's going to be like Justin Herbert last year. You you can't give him his job back. I know it's because well, of injury, and, and you don't want to. And Nagy said it's his job if he's healthy, but no, I don't think so. Well, talking about rookies, and it, it kind of scares me watching some of these rookie quarterbacks around the NFL, and and you know Trey Lance. I'm like, man, maybe we should just <laughs> let's take it, take his time yeah. because I, I I watch Trevor Lawrence and he's Below 50% passing in the game and 118 yards, two interceptions. And, I mean, you see, again, some of the ability, but in losing efforts. And then also not just uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. He was in the third quarter, and I was I was at the game at this time. So, I'm, you know, in this probably third quarter of the 49ers game. But I checked my phone, and in the third quarter, he has a total of for the entire game – Four completions and four interceptions. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If this is our rookie quarterbacks are, are going to be playing, <laughs> go ahead and, and just go ahead and sit. Take your time, Trey Lance. It is not easy. It is not easy for rookie quarterbacks. And the preseason is a heck of a lot easier when things are vanilla for you. You can go through your reads and they're not tricking you with anything and they're not uh, trying to disguise coverage. They're not game planning specifically for you. It gets a little bit more different, d- difficult in the regular season. And those two quarterbacks especially went to really bad teams. You know, they were picking one and two in the draft for a reason. So that makes things a little bit extra difficult. Yeah, four t- four interceptions for Zach Wilson this weekend. There was the one ugly interception by Justin Fields. But overall, it, it, I don't think that was terrible. It wasn't as bad as the box score looked there for his half of action. 
and no one is subject for Mac Jones. None for Mac Jones. He has played well. Yeah, he's played well, but kind of like just very boring, vanilla, Garoppolo-ish. solid. Yeah, not really making plays either. Um, well, and we're oh, we're gonna get to Garoppolo, and we're gonna get to Trey Lance. But uh, what was the other one? Oh yeah, and, and the number one overall pick you mentioned there, uh, Trevor Lawrence, five total interceptions in two weeks. So yeah, this NFL yeah. thing and isn't that easy. One thing though, when you look at it, and, and you don't like to see that aspect of it, but you see the readiness. From Mac Jones. I think a lot of people were expecting. Now, again, do you take the readiness over the potential and the upside? Because I watched Trevor Lawrence also like make some plays and throw some dimes downfield. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, Mac Jones can't do that. And then I always feel like, you know, with Trey Lance and you know, comparing him to Mac Jones or whatever, I can I can build this guy up to be that. It might take a year or two, but I can't build Mac Jones up to be able to do the things that these other guys can do. And right. I, I think, you know, it, it depends on the person. There are some people that like to go this safer route. I'm more of a big swinger myself. So I would have went with the more talent and upside with some of these other guys. And we've seen them make them, them make the plays, but the more they play, we'll start to see those issues with their consistency kind of go away. The, the game start to slow down and we'll see a better version of them. And hopefully Trey Lance is included in that. Yeah, and look, Trey Lance has had, what, four snaps in his NFL career in two games, and there's a reason for it. And clearly Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to throw him out there too early, but clearly Kyle Shanahan said he wants to get him snaps and wants to get him playing time this year. So we'll see if that's something that he's got up his sleeve that he'll unleash against the Packers, who looked a lot better on Monday Night Football against the Lions than they looked in week one. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. Next weekend, week three, 49ers Packers. But I want to talk a little bit more about this week two matchup here. And since we're talking about quarterbacks and the rookie and why the rookie didn't play, but I want to talk, I want to focus on Jimmy, not so much that the rookie didn't play, but Jimmy G. Because you, you, I get so many different responses from folks and some people get mad at us and like ah you're not giving jimmy enough credit the 49ers won the game and then some folks are like uh, why aren't you talking about how jimmy g is not mobile and he's not making plays outside the numbers not making plays down the field at all but and they're both valid points so let me ask you this question and you were there in person to watch jimmy garoppolo sunday why did the 49ers win so much with jimmy g in there I think it's a combination of things. One, he always seems to make just enough plays. And when I say just enough plays, just enough throws, right? Like just just enough third down conversions, just enough put the ball in the right spot for Debo Samuel to have a nice catch and run right before halftime. There was a third down play on like third and short where he, you know, just made the right decision. And I think those things are kind of overshadowed because you look at Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard and – they might have some weird plays here and there, but then they they miss out on those plays, right? Like the plays that just move the sticks. Now, with Jimmy, he also missed those plays. I mean, he started off the game, the first three series, they're three and outs. That's not ideal. I also noticed when I finally watched it back this morning because, you know, when you're at the game watching it, I had a good view of everything kind of playing out, but you're still just watching the game and you're not seeing, like, the replays and everything. But I'm watching – I watched it back this morning – and I noticed he he struggled with the layered throws. And what I mean by that, that the, the throw that he has to get the ball up and down and every time it sailed on him. So there was an early out route to 
Muhammad Sanu, where again at the game, I'm just thinking, wow, he just missed his throw, missed his throw. I watch it back. I, I see why he missed it, but you want your quarterback to be able to make that throw. Okay, you have to get it up over the underneath defender, but down to the uh, receiver before that back that uh, the defender behind him is able to get there. And he missed that throw three or four times. And that just kind of says a little bit more to like who Jimmy Garoppolo is, where, you know, there's going to be things that when it's there, he can hit it. But if you ask him to do a little bit more, he can get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's um, because he's a dart thrower and accuracy is good, but the touch sometimes. And it's that same touch ability that usually makes guys able to throw really good deep balls. And sometimes pure arm strength isn't why you're good at throwing a deep ball. You see it with Kirk Cousins. You see it with Mac Jones. Uh, guys like that who are in the same category of arm strength as Jimmy Garoppolo, they throw a really nice deep ball because they can get the ball up and down, and they can utilize that touch. And Jimmy G is more like see it, throw it, throws it straight. And you saw that dime he threw to Jimmy G or to uh, Debo Samuel in that game. And, and that was a wonderful throw, but he didn't have to layer it. You're right. He didn't have to throw it over an underneath defender and get it to come down again. He didn't have to layer it. And it was a confidence thing, right? Like that that's something where it's designed and it's schemed up. And he knows as soon as Debo clears is about to clear that backer, I can throw it into this window and Debo's gonna come out of it on the other side with it, right? He he's just confident with that and understanding the timing of it and the progression of it. And boom, it was there. He hit him in stride, and I mean Debo was off and running. Terrific. I don't think he throws with that same type of confidence downfield. Or if it's not something that where there's clearly going to be some sort of a window there, like I said, with the with the layered throws, you know, I, I will say this. I'll give him credit with this. He had like 11 carries. I think three of them were like yeah. Neil Dells at the end of the game. But even if you take those, I mean, we're talking about eight runs for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that, that was good to see him utilize his legs a little bit to get him out of some trouble. Maybe some would-be sacks. But he took off. Some of them quarterback sneaks as well. There were a few of those. But overall, I mean, I, I was impressed with – and, you know, you, you talked about the, the comment with one of the fans saying immobility. But I thought he showed plenty of immobility uh, throughout this game. For yeah, him. For, for, for him, yeah. And, and getting out and moving. And it's good to see him be more confident in his, his lower half with all the injuries he's – gone through and uh he did have the touchdown on the the sneak and on his 11 carries he only had 20 yards so 1.8 yards per carry so it wasn't he wasn't making huge plays and I think that's kind of what the uh, listener was getting at with the mobility is not only just making creating big plays with your legs but just getting out on the move and make elongating plays and and finding off schedule stuff and making big plays and a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL are doing that these days uh and Jimmy Garoppolo that is definitely not his his strong suit. Um, one more point here, since you were there live, and it's one of the things I want to ask you, and I think it's, you know, all the scouting folks I ever talked to, and it, it makes a difference, especially with quarterbacks, seeing them live versus seeing them on TV and, and watching the film of them throw. You can, you can tell when someone's got a strong arm. We know Trey Lance has a stronger arm than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I was hoping Trey Lance would get a little bit more playing time because I wanted to ask you, what did it look like? How different did it look coming out of Jimmy G's hands than Trey Lance's hands? Did you have an opportunity to see Trey Lance throw the ball around at all, warm it up or whatever? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, the only time I got to see him was when they were warming up before drives. Uh, Jimmy would get out there. We've seen that with Tom Brady as well. I don't know if you ever watched Tom Brady live, but you know, before Tom Brady heads out, 
he he plays catch with a quarterback and there's a trainer and it's kind of like this little circle thing that they do, but they just warming the arm up and you see them, you know, do that. And the ball definitely comes out of Trey Lance's hands different than Jimmy Garoppolo's, but, but that's not a secret. Everybody knows that. Right. Uh, the, you know, the, the thing, and you asked, you kind of alluded to this. How, how does Jimmy Garoppolo, like the, the wins, Again, it's he always does just enough, and his the the ball is not going to come out great <laughs> out of his hands sometimes, but he figures out a way sometimes to kind of get it there. And just watching that game, it was it was interesting. One thing that kind of came to my mind was, if this were a better team offensively, what what would it look like then? You know, when you you're, when you're stalling like that and you really only put together two good offensive drives. If you're going against an, uh, an Aaron Rodgers, who they'll see next Sunday night, or after that, Russell Wilson, or after that, Kyler Murray, what will it look like then if you come out with a stagnant offense? And I get it. Every fan, you know, I see them on Twitter. 49ers got to win. Why are you complaining? It's like, I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not. Like, I don't think that the Eagles or the Lions are the standard. You know? And again, great job winning two road games. And I talked about last like. It's not easy to win on the road. And it's definitely probably not easy winning in Philadelphia. But I did not think that the other teams played necessarily well. Maybe it's the 49ers. They're just that good on both sides of the ball. But I thought that if it were against a, a, a better opponent, 49ers might have been in a little bit of trouble. So how do you fix that? Right. No, that's fair. And and you go through and you have to be objective about it. Okay, they won two games, but how can they get better? Because there is still room to improve. It doesn't mean they played bad or that you're upset that they won the game but there's still ways to improve so we got to break down everything we got to be objective about it here on locked on 49ers uh to your point there i've got a little stat about going 2-0 on the road and the 49ers working out some running backs more running back injuries and we'll hit a few more of your listener questions coming up all eyes back on the NFL as teams are back on the field. Another football season is here. Not only pro, but college action as well. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. And I know y'all are pumped up after seeing football. Sometimes it's a slow burn, too. You're like, all right, the season back, what's it going to be like? You're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. This is awesome. Overtime, Monday Night Football, great. Let's throw some money down because now I have a good feel for what these teams are going to look like in 2021. A new updated site and interface at betonline.ag with even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On. Not only football, but basketball, boxing, baseball, your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available this season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Croc, really quick on that same note about Jimmy G and the ball coming out of his hands. How did it look with Jalen Hurts? arm-wise with Jimmy G versus Jalen Hurts? Because Jalen Hurts wasn't ever known as like this big-time thrower. Well, I think just the way the ball comes out, like the arm strength part of it is very similar. He didn't look like he had a strong arm to me at all. Now, he definitely threw some passes downfield, some of them on the money, and gave his receivers a chance. I, I think the biggest difference, you know, just as a passer between the two where Hurts was more confident 
throwing the ball down the field. And we're not seeing that part Letting from Jimmy Garoppolo. That, 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 was a, that was a big difference. So regardless of if the arm is big or not, it's like, hey, I'm going to give my guy a chance to make a play. And, you know, I'm going to put it in a spot to where he has the ability to make a play. And a few times it did not work. But even then, even when it didn't work, the 49ers defensive backs, I mean, come on. We didn't really talk about Ward and Tart, but the plays that they made on these passes downfield. But it, at least when you throw it up like that, one, none of the passes got intercepted. Two, there's potentially an, a, a pass interference that you can benefit from, and you have the opportunity. I saw it tonight with Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be throwing that ball downfield against the 49ers. Oh, yeah. You, 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 it's not just the outcome of a catch that where you benefit. There's also the pass interference as well. Yeah, I think that frustrates fans that Jimmy doesn't really have that, and I don't know if it's been coached from Kyle Shanahan or if it's mostly on Jimmy G, but he doesn't do that. Okay, I've got a one-on-one on the outside. I'm going to let my guy win. I'm going to throw it up there. And, and I it's, get the feeling that Kyle, it's kind of a combo of both. Because I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants his offense to look like that. He doesn't want you just taking willy-nilly shots. He wants to dial up the shot play where you know it's coming and it's schemed open, right? Yes, but the aggressive mindset of Trey Lance, I, I feel like, and I mean, is Kyle just, oh, just practice, I'm going to dial up all these shots for Trey Lance, but not Jimmy Garoppolo? That, that's the part yeah. that's a little interesting to me at the rate in which we saw it. Like it, Trey Lance, it almost seemed like every practice he was completing a pass down the field, whether it was a good ball or whatever the case was, the attempts were there and we're not getting the attempts with Garoppolo outside of the one last week to Debo Samuel. But again, I, I we watched the Eagles game. They threw they, well, they take four or five shots. They took a you lot know, of shots. So actually, I saw the numbers today. Jimmy G, past 10 yards, only attempted, uh, I think, eight passes beyond 10 yards in the game, completed three of them. Uh, Jalen Hurts completed, including the 91-yarder, attempted 11 passes beyond 10 yards down the field and, and only completed three of them. So yeah. his ratio was worse, but they hit the big play. And they almost hit another yeah, touchdown, but was Rager the, was out of bounds. Yeah, I was going to say, one of them was when the guy... Was out of bounds and came back in. Good job by Diamond Lenore. Yeah. So good things can happen when you throw the ball deep. It's definitely missing from the 49ers offense. But when Jimmy's on, he can throw some darts. And look, the 49ers are winning games. So I get that too. Fans are like, what more do you want? You're winning games. Let's go. So, you know, march down the field. Long drives, long plays. I think you said on Twitter, they only had two good drives, right? Two good drives. One right before the half. And then the other touchdown drive. And, you know, my my way of thinking that you can fix that is, hey, maybe we should get the ball in our best player's hands a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, utilize him more as a pass catcher. Now, I got the pushback I got on that was, well, 49ers didn't have a whole lot of time and the pressure numbers don't support that. But even then, you, you, you give your guy opportunity. I don't care how many times we run the ball, right? I think I saw 35 runs for the 49ers or whatever it was. I think that's the number I saw. 38. All right. Fine. But at the end of the day, my best player has to get, what, eight attempts? Last year against Philadelphia, George Kittle had like 15 catches for like 180-something yards. That was with Nick Mullins. You know? I mean, you you, you have to give him – you have to – like, he's your he's your best player offensively. And obviously, like, we see Debo kind of training, leading the league and receiving yards right now, Debo Samuel. But 
Kittle's your that's your best player. He's not a he's not uh and everybody wants to talk about him blocking great, terrific blocking the run game, whatever. But you got to get the ball in his hands. He's he's your explosive guy. So when you are really stagnant and 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 you have those drives of three three straight three and outs to open the game, maybe if you get the ball in Kittle's hands a little bit downfield and he has opportunity to catch the ball, make guys miss and, and run off like he does. Maybe you you're not as stagnant, and and that was kind of my point on on, on Twitter where people kind of took it the other way. But it, like that's that's the guy, yeah. And, it, and he's not being utilized. His average depth of target was negative two yards. I, I feel like that's unacceptable. <laughs> it is unacceptable. You you've got George Kittle's too good or too valuable in the passing game not to force feed him somewhat. He should be getting ten targets every single game, like we're seeing with Waller, like we're seeing with. Travis Kelsey. That's exactly how this offense. TJ Hawkinson. Why, yeah. why, how is TJ Hawkinson? Like some of the put, well, they bracket him. They double him. We don't even, we can't even name another receiver on Detroit Lions. But why is TJ Hawkinson <laughs> getting all these targets? He yeah. got him a bunch of them against the Niners. He got a bunch tonight. He's scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, George Kittle and doesn't look, score touchdowns. And I there, mean, there, there are plays where it benefits other receivers too. So there should be guys running free everywhere else too, and that's not necessarily happening either. But um, on the Juwan Jennings touchdown, and we didn't really talk about him. So congratulations, Juwan Jennings, on your first ever catch, your first ever touchdown. On that touchdown catch, there was a lot of attention paid to George Kittle, and that probably opened things up enough for Juwan Jennings to get his touchdown. So that that is there is something to that, but that doesn't mean there's not any opportunities for you to force feed your best player. And if he's if, if you need an extra blocker that badly, bring in a sixth offensive lineman or something, right? You've got to be able to find ways to utilize George Kittle. He can block sometimes, but you got to get him out on pass routes. I mean, that's just insane. Use Charlie Warner. Use Ross Dwelly. Right. Use somebody else, but I, I, I need George Kittle to be out there running routes and and I need to get him the ball downfield a little bit, even if it's, you know, between 10 to 15 yards to really expand on what we're doing offensively. And, and right now that's not happening. And I don't want to come off as like somebody that's complaining about a team that's two and though that, that's terrific. But I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of what, when does, when is this offense best? And a lot of times it's when you get the ball in the hands of George Kittle, even against the Detroit lions, we, we saw a little bit more, right? And, the, and they gave him an opportunity to catch the ball a little bit downfield, and he made a guy miss and cut up and ended up probably getting like 25 yards after the catch. That's a, that's a little tough when your average depth of target is negative two, like it was against Philly. Right now, the only player on offense that's really humming is Debo Samuel. We'll see if that continues next week. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is just playing chess, and he's saving George Kittle, and he's saving Trey Lance for the Green Bay Packers in week three. We'll find out what that game plan looks like Sunday. Uh, here's a quick note, though, on that 2-0 start with both reigns coming on the road. This is from ESPN's Nick Wagner. He said, want a good omen? This is the fifth time in franchise history that the 49ers have started 2-0 on the road. The last time, 2019, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. In fact, the Niners have made the Super Bowl each of the previous three times they've gone 2-0 to start a season with both wins on the road. Only time of those five times winning twice on the road to start a season they did not make the playoffs was way back in 1974. Wow. So there is... uh, there's a good precedent there for uh, what the 49ers do when they go 2 and 0 on the road including going to the Super Bowl after the 2019 season. Let's talk 
Running backs. 49ers bringing in some running backs. I got a couple of questions that I want to run through here as well on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown 49ers. You know what I love about Rock Auto? Not only are they a family business and rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are into cars or even just a do-it-yourselfer with some minor repairs and minor parts here or there to keep your car in prime condition, you can find everything you need. You don't need to go to some chain store with their oddball pricing and never knowing what's in stock and never knowing what the guy on the other side of the counter is looking at on the screen. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or any account login. And they have literally everything. Blows my mind what they have in stock at RockAuto.com for your specific car, whether it be a classic or your daily driver. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I'm sure this sounds all too familiar to football fans, but when you're trying to figure out how to watch a game and how to stream a game live, and it happened to me this weekend with my buddies trying to watch some college football on a Saturday, and we couldn't figure it out. We weren't in the right market to be watching a Fresno State game live on the local station. But my buddy, that's his team. That's what we wanted to watch. So we're going through logins, going through different apps. And you can get rid of all that. There's a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it is called Direct TV stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package which one of these names moves the needle for you, Croc? 49ers bringing in some visits. They're trying to find another running back to add. They already have Carryon Johnson on the practice squad. Now they are bringing in TJ Yeldon. He's scheduled to work out with the 49ers. And then uh, veteran running backs Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. You probably remember TJ Yeldon from his Jaguars days. He's been around a little bit. Duke Johnson as well, but he was on the Browns for a long time. And Lamar Miller from the Miami Dolphins they're on the street for a reason Croc but of all three names to me it kind of depends who you're trying to replace and the way they utilize Jamichael Hasty in the passing game I think Duke Johnson might I, all three of these running backs can catch the ball but I think Duke Johnson he's your like third down back receiving type of back I think he probably makes the most sense if you're trying to add a guy specifically to replace Jamichael Hasty he's dealing with an ankle injury yeah, no, nah, they, they definitely all have some pass-catching ability. Duke Johnson, that was the first guy that I thought of. I also thought about, man, if this was like five years ago, I'd be a little bit more excited about all these guys. But at, at this point, you just got to be able to have guys that can come in there and potentially make some plays with you. And I think Duke Johnson, with his speed, Yeldon, he's a terrific pass-catcher as well. Those guys bring some type of, you know, catching ability as as well as running as well. What I want to know is, is there is Mitchell just going to continue to be the bell cow? And I have some thoughts on, on that, too, because the way they ran the ball, you know, I want to come off as all doom and gloom, but 
how isn't Trey Lance utilizing the run game when you're averaging two yards a carry? I don't know. We talked about that yesterday. I have no idea why Trey Lance wasn't on the field at all in that game, just as a change-up, just to show a little something, and especially around the goal line to help that run game a little bit. But yeah, Elijah Mitchell, to me, is is pretty clearly, judging by the usage from the first two weeks, the straight-up running back one It's not close to anybody being yeah. second to him as far as carrying the football. Um, I think he's got a little something as a pass catcher, too, and with Hasty out, maybe he'll be utilized more in that regard, but... Clearly, the 49ers probably shouldn't be running him into the ground either with all these injuries at running back. So, I mean, Trent Cannon is returning kicks, and he's going to be, what, number two, number three next week if there's no Sermon, no Hasty. Um, maybe you bring on Johnson up. They signed him first, so I think they like him, but don't they? Is Duke Johnson on somebody's practice squad? So they would have to sign him to the 53 right they can't just add a practice squad guy to your practice squad you gotta if you if someone's on someone's practice squad you gotta sign him to your 53 i thought i saw something about him uh coming in for a workout so i i don't know if you're able to come in for a workout when you're on somebody else's roster yeah yeah no workout if you're on a practice squad so if he's coming in for a workout then that means he is on the street i thought for some reason he was on somebody's practice squad there you go yeah i don't know um Interesting names, 49ers, hopefully, probably, you know, don't want to be using those guys a lot, but knowing that they can play in the NFL and can catch some passes and can be utilized in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But, yeah, man, those running back injuries. It was good to see Mitchell get back in the game after he left the game, too. The shoulder injury came yeah. back, and it looks like he's going to be fine. So uh, it's it's the Elijah Mitchell show, I think, and they might utilize somebody else in the passing game a little bit more. I think he might get some work in the passing game too if, if Hasty's out, even though Hasty looks solid doing that. And I kind of liked Hasty as a uh, change of pace. Of course, Jeff Wilson's looming, could be back in a few weeks as well, probably mid season, maybe late October, maybe November or something like that. I think was the time frame I saw from Kyle Shanahan, uh, but he said he honestly didn't really know. He was just kind of throwing that out there so we'll find out uh 49ers do have some reserves they do have some bodies they can throw in there at running back oh let's see what else we got here we got here's one oh actually here's another gem from nick wagner of espn 49ers beat writer we talked about debo samuel leading the receipt the the league and receiving yards right now Wide receiver Debo Samuel came just short of setting a franchise record for most receiving yards by a Niner in his first two games of the season at 282 yards through two weeks, trailing only Bernie Casey, the great Bernie Casey, who had 288 receiving yards in 1964, and Jerry Rice in 1989, who had 285. So just three yards short of Jerry Rice's franchise. Now who's second. Bernie Casey's franchise record was 288. Jerry Rice, 285 in 1989. Debo leads the league in receiving. That's big time. Yeah, That's not I mean, nothing. Shoot, almost 300 yards. There are, there are a couple guys right on this tail. Uh, I know uh, I think I saw Cooper Cup. It's like 270-something, I believe. So there, there, there are guys in that in that range, but doing a terrific job. And, again, they're, they're working to get the ball in his hands. Maybe it helps, obviously, having George Kittle on the field. You know, maybe take some uh, attention away from him, but man, he's he's doing his thing and he's he's catching the ball at all levels. Keep keep feeding him. 
we talked about in the preseason, Debo Samuel's legit. He's really good, and uh, he's more than the gadget guy we saw last year. And if he's able to stay healthy, he can do this kind of thing. I don't know about staying, you know, leading the league all year long or anything, but uh, yeah, he's one right now. Tyler Lockett is two at 278 yards. Cooper Cup is 271 yards and has three touchdowns. Cooper Cup had a really big game here. Looking at targets, Debo's top 10 in targets. Darren Waller leads the league, talking about tight ends. Darren Waller leads the league right now in targets with 26. CeeDee Lamb is second, and his teammate, Amari Cooper, is third. 24 and 22 targets apiece for those guys. Wow. Cowboys throwing the ball a little bit. He chucked it like 50 yeah. times or 60 times, something crazy in week one. Yeah. yeah. And they've kind of disregarded the run game as a whole. Like they're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, because their defense is trash, so they have to throw a lot and score a lot of points. They played better against the Chargers, which I was I was rooting for the Chargers. There's, there's something about the Cowboys. I think it's because my brother and some of my buddies. Oh no! And you just the way to. they talk about them, and 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 then talk about the Niners is like I just can't stand the Cowboys. Oh, no. They ruined it for me. I don't. There's not many 49ers fans that don't hate the Cowboys. That's a pretty yeah. common thing, especially any 49ers fans that existed in the 90s. Right, right. Big time <laughs> rivalry. Both teams can't be good at the same time now. So there's no yeah. real rivalry there. It's more fun right now, when they're but... good at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy says, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, Kittle gave a shout out to Wishnowski in his post game comments. Sounds like. He should get a locked-on 49ers game ball. We did not give Wishnowski a game ball, and I am firmly against giving a punter a game ball. Do you think Wishnowski deserved a game ball? And how did his punts, how did that hang time look in person? No, I wasn't even paying attention. I was looking at the Gunners. <laughs> so I was looking at Trent Sherfield run down the field, Hufunga uh, running down there, and I just wanted to see how they closed in on Dude. guys. because I think it was like Kez Walk. Watkins was the guy that was returning. He has some big-time speed. So that, that was looking more at the gunners. Sherfield's the one that downed it. Why are we talking about Wisnowski's punt? What about Sherfield getting down the field <laughs> and downing that punt inside the five, right? He had a nice hit one time, too. He did. Sherfield's a baller. Love that guy. You see that, that slant he caught? I mean, he, he knew the guy was going to be right there. And it was like, as soon as he touched the ball, he had to tuck it away. Right now, he took a shot. It was a thud. Did they... I think they threw a flag on that play. See, he took a shot, but he held onto the ball. And I, I like that. Tough guy. All right. Let's get deeper into the film. We'll have a Winky Wednesday. We'll talk about some other aspects of the 49ers. We'll turn the page toward the Packers in week three as well. All of that coming up this week. Welcome back to, I was going to say welcome back to California, but Croc doesn't live in California anymore. Uh, welcome back to Arkansas, Croc. I see you yawning over there. I know you've had a busy weekend. You've been flying around and going to different cities. And I hope you had a good time. And uh, I see all the hogs stuff in the background. I should have known you were in Arkansas, not in California. Woo pig suey. <laughs> Woo pig suey. All right. Check out Croc on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, just like this podcast, every day. And we'll be back tomorrow, a little Winky Wednesday right here, Locked On 49ers.